Good afternoon. I'm Jordan Peoples, and Marvel sucks. I'm Cade Weiberg, and no, it doesn't. Case in point, we are here in episode six or seven of our Eminence Front. We are in episode six, it just confirmed, okay. uh, of our Eminence Front era. Um, and Jordan, let me tell you, I have had a day. Been uh, been excited to talk about Miss Marvel with you. Um, I'm currently running on four hours of sleep. Wow. Um, yes, which, as we get older... Is not enough. Do you remember in college when we could just like stay up till five, do that thing that we were supposed to do that we put off uh, <laughs> until five a.m. and then we did it for an hour and then we would sleep for two hours and then the, go about the day and everything was okay. Oh man, what a terrible uh, way to live. <laughs> <laughs> but you remember how we did it and we yeah, did we, it fine and everything was okay. We didn't die. <laughs> we didn't die. I feel like I am dying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on four hours of sleep. So. Uh, I'm going to the beach, uh, Charleston, South Carolina this weekend, um, fun. with, uh, Keith, my, uh, childhood best friend and the rest of the, uh, crazy unicorns, if I may reference my own work of, uh, of nonfiction. Yep. Um, but I needed to knock out a lot of stuff. Uh, so I am, I got a couple, uh, I got a raise and promote small promotion at work where now I am in charge of all the private events at the theater as well as uh, organizing the employee of the month uh, thing. The, Do you just give it to yourself every month? Oh boy, would I? Because the employee of the month at this theater is pretty sweet. Uh, you get We buy you your very own Blu-ray of any movie you want and then we host a screening on the big screen for you oh, to watch fun. it. It's very fun. It's a very nice perk. Um, and, oh my god, in college, imagine, like, I would have fucking eaten that shit up. No, you'd have been working very hard. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, but I, uh, uh, gave it to, uh, a very deserving employee, and he chose the movie Brazil. Oh, um, interesting. That's... Which I had uh... never seen before. Yeah, I, it's, I've, one I've heard of. It's, you um, would love Terry this Gilliam? movie. Is that Terry Gilliam? It is I... Terry Gilliam. Okay. You would absolutely love this movie. I cannot recommend it. Is enough. it about kind of like a dystopia, like a yes. weird bureaucratic kind of nightmare? Yes, a hundred percent. I don't you, know if I've seen parts of it. I, I think one of my film studies classes we discussed it, but it, we never. It wasn't one that we were required to watch. Sure, it's very much a Jordan Peoples film. Uh, you would really, really enjoy it. Uh, I liked it a lot, which I normally don't enjoy the more out there, uh, fever dream kind of a movie. Right. Um, and this is not nearly as much of a fever dream as Blue Velvet. Like, this makes sense. That's just uh, a chaotic mess. Right. But, um... Anyway, I have to get all of these things knocked out uh, before I go on vacation. And so I scheduled that screening on the same night that I also had to host uh, the staff screening of the new Jordan Peele film, Nope. Yeah. Now that's one that me and Ellie are planning to go see. Which... Boy, was that a very fun ride. But okay, that's good to hear. You can imagine... Me getting, and I had to do another podcast, my side podcast, World's Greatest American. Uh Uh, I booked, I quadruple booked myself. I really, really boned myself last night. So podcast ended at 10. Uh, I drive to the theater. I thought this movie was 
two hours, it's like two and a half hours. Mm. Uh, and then Nope is like 2.10. So I watch a Terry Gilliam movie, and while that movie is happening, I'm on the laptop setting up the movie so we're ready to go, and all the staff are like, I might need some time to digest this movie. That was really heavy. I'm like, nope, we're immediately starting nope. <laughs> and I have skipped all the trailers. We are we literally walk out of one theater and into another auditorium and nope starts playing the s- literally seconds after Terry Gilliam's Brazil ends. Wow, um, really how Jordan Peele intended it to be <laughs> Yeah, I don't it, think he did. A second part of a two-movie sandwich with yeah. no, nothing in between, I guess. So it's just and two they could bit. not be more different, Jordan. Yeah. They could not be less alike, those two movies. Uh, so I am thinking about Brazil a lot during the first 15 minutes of Nope. I'm also thinking it's 1 a.m. and I have to open the theater tomorrow and I have another two hours of movie. So the first 15 minutes of this movie is my brain just being like, that Brazil was insane. It's two hours of just, I want to piece it together. Like, what happened? That was wild. And then I'm also trying to follow the plot points of Nope. And I'm also just miserable at the fact that I have, at the start of this movie, set my alarm and it says, you have to wake up in seven hours. Oh, I know that feeling. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) It's real Um, late. Especially, I had something recently where I was working on it pretty yeah. late and but i yep. wasn't finished with it but i had gotten to the point where i just couldn't keep working on it anymore tonight so i just set my alarm for 6 a.m to start working on it oh, and it's just like hey you got five hours till 6 oh, a.m it's like oh it's, boy it's the most demoralizing and obviously you have much more serious matters like you're you're at law school i have to watch movies and i'm complaining about it <laughs> that, that does sound a little more pathetic on my end um but we get out of nope at three And I basically just turned to everyone. The staff was kind of split on it. I was pretty surprised. One of my, uh, one of the ushers, who's, he has the most unique taste. His letterbox is all over the place. He hated everything everywhere all all at once. Hmm. Loved Top Gun Maverick. But it's not like a blockbuster versus indie thing, because he loves a lot of indie movies. He loves a lot of A24. Uh, Honestly, I could do an entire segment, a weekly segment on this show. About this guy's letterbox. Does he just not like um, like anything goofy? Like no, and kind of I can't like well, silly. It really feels like throwing darts at a board. Huh. Um, let me. His favorite movies are Moneyball, Rachel Getting Married, both of which I've seen. Both of which are great. Uh, Shame, which I have not seen that I want to, and Chung King Express. I don't know um, that last one. I didn't know the the second one or the last one. Oh, I like the is, first two, or the first and third. Yes. <laughs> uh, he is a self-appointed Mank's biggest fan. He loves David Fincher, and Mank is his favorite Fincher film, which is an odd choice. It is. Uh, also loves Licorice Pizza. He like drove five hours to watch Licorice Pizza. When oh, I watched Licorice Pizza Saturday. Oh, how much did you love that fucking movie? I did. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It was. Oh it was just. It, I mean, like all of his movies are like, it's never plot forward. It's never like, yeah, true. Like in the trailer, it's like these crazy kids try to make a waterbed mattress store or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, sure. That is happening, but that's like the movies never really like too focused on that. It's just like, Oh, this is, this is something for the characters to do while we kind of examine them. (laughs) Yes. Which was, uh, 
to talk about our old professor Goffrin. That was always his point uh, in film class in college, where uh, movies with plot are bad and movies without plot are good. <laughs> and I think that's insane. Even though this movie, it does meander, and it really kind of made me like PTA a little more. Yeah. Just this is also probably his most palatable film. Would you agree? Uh, I think so. I, I can't think of any uh, one that I'd recommend over it. Well, it's not my yeah. favorite, but... You, well, sure, but you like film. Like, if you were to recommend... Although, are your parents PTA people at all? I don't think they've watched any of his stuff. But it, Okay. No, like, undoubtedly, I would recommend this before I'm going to recommend Phantom Thread. <laughs> <laughs> or so. Boogie Nights. Yeah, and I, I so. Well, Boogie Nights, so maybe that's the other one that I would recommend. But you'd have sure. to be you'd have to know if the person would be sensitive to that kind of material. But I do yeah. think it's pretty palatable, especially the first half of that movie. You're just like, yeah. Wow, this is a fun party. <laughs> and then yeah, by the yeah. time it starts to go sour, you're invested enough that Yes. It's kinda like Wolf of Wall Street in that way. Uh yeah, a little bit. Wolf of Wall Street, Boogie Nights, equally amazing, well made films. <laughs> Uh, um, but Ellie, Ellie enjoyed Boogie Nights. She didn't like this one quite as much. She was oh, she, that's interesting. She really got stuck on the fact that it was a twenty-five-year-old dating a fifteen-year-old. But I was yeah. like, it was based on a guy. Like, this yeah. is stories that he told. Yeah, PTA. I, I kind of thought of it as an almost famous e relationship. Although it is kind of weird. Like, almost famous ends with them not working out, and obviously you're like, oh, of course this couldn't work out. How could this ever work out? Right. Um, and this, I kind of had that vibe the whole time, but they really, at the end, it's like, oh boy, no, they worked it out. It's perfect love kind of deal. Yeah, and I don't mean to say that that isn't a problem. Like, 15-year-olds should not be dating 25-year-olds. Sure, It's it yeah. just like, I just kind of rolled with it for the purpose yeah. of the movie. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. I definitely was able to... That did not bother me from enjoying this movie at all. But also, um, at the same time, I don't know if I would have thought the movie was that different if they just fudged his age up to like 18 and like made him just like he's still like a senior who's about to graduate and then she's you know still yeah, 25 I don't like, know. well i mean pta doesn't he, he plans out every possible choice he can well and so. i do think he liked that uncomfortability like the fact that the guy is that young like that age gap oh, for sure. is a weirdness in their relationship that he you know yeah. it's just another kind of palette like color that he's painting with yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. And also 15, I like, especially back then, because 18, back in those days, you are you were an adult. <laughs> it explained, like, you were so much better off. Like, 18 now, we are still children. It's crazy. No, yeah. If you look just... at college freshmen now, which I often do because I'm on a campus very frequently, Yes, they're, I'm sure. like these are these are children. They just graduated they are middle school. <laughs> babies. Like when my grandfather was 18, he was working for the government with the full salary and everything. Like it's crazy to think about. Uh, but that aside, I think making him 15, I really think he wanted to drive home the point that this was a child and he was naive and he, you know, still making dumb kid decisions. And that kind of ties together, like, oh, does he really love her? Is he just infatuated? Um, which is also a fun... That, that makes it better when they end up together, I think, at the very end. Yeah, and I also... So I didn't realize who she was until the movie started. Oh. I was like, she looks like that girl from Haim, who I only knew <laughs> from... Uh, I think they were featured on Vampire Weekend's last album. 
Yes, um, that is correct. So I think I saw them in some part of that, or maybe I looked up the band once they were featured in Vampire Weekend. I don't know. But then I saw like the rest of the sisters when they go to see her family. I'm like, yeah. oh, this she is. <laughs> this <laughs> yeah. is the when band they all sing, When they sing the prayer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that should have given it away for you. I... I mean, her name was Alana Haim. Did you just not know the last name of the actress in this movie? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I went in pretty blind. Like, I knew that it was kind of like a coming-of-age kind of thing by Paul Thomas Anderson, and that is the extent of what I knew. Okay, I gotcha. Um, yeah, that, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Also, the freaking let-me-roll-it scene. Like, oh, man. On the motor, holy shit. I nearly just, like, shit my pants in excitement. Yeah, that soundtrack was pretty great. Oh, yeah, for sure. But specifically, let me roll it. Us being Beatles fanatics we are. No, yeah, that was a groove. Oh, boy, was that... You don't understand, like, how much let me roll it has gotten play at rock band nights every month because of that movie. Like, it has gone up 800%. Yeah, and that is... I mean, that's on what? Band on the Run? So it's a song I'd heard before, but it's never a song I, like, clicked with like I did in that scene. I was like, oh, that's why this song is awesome. Yeah, I've always liked it. Yeah, but, but it, it was I, never I, I, it was never like I a agree. standout track to me. Yeah, for sure. I I agree. But and now, now. It, you know, now it might be my favorite. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So, all this to say, I watched. Nope. Uh, my stat. My usher. Uh. Really loves PTA, but he hates everything everywhere all at once. Throwing darts at board. He loved this movie. I'm very tired. It's 3 a.m. I have to wake up. And half the staff are like, uh, I don't know if it was good. And I was like, I stayed here until 3 a.m. Like, jokingly. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> trying to. I was like, I was. You were I berating the staff. As yeah, the managers I, I, want to do. <laughs> exactly. I was like. And all of these, you know, they're, they're mostly high schoolers. I get it. They're high schoolers or college kids. And I was like, hey, you know, I stayed here until 3 a.m. This is now your new favorite movie, no matter what you thought of it. (laughs) Uh, Which is a fun bit that we all played on today. Uh, And then I woke up four hours after I went to bed, uh, and I found my ceiling had a leak in it. (laughs) And basically the living room downstairs has this huge... The drywall is all ruined, uh, and... I just saw this and I got, I was four hours, like, when I woke up, my biggest priority was, I'm so tired, how do I get more sleep? Yeah. And then my brain's like, oh, nope, now you have a bigger priority, you need to fix your ceiling before you, you're, you know, you fall through the floor. Uh, so, I had to schedule an appointment to have uh, the AC guy come fix my AC unit, because that is what's leaking. He will be here tomorrow while I am at work, uh, and I will not be here for him, so I have to take him on his word that he will just get into the house and not rob uh, fix you. the problem. And Well, I'm not as worried about that, but I am now. <laughs> um, well, he was. it was just like, I work, I called them, and I'm like, I work 9 to 5 for these two days. Uh, there's one manager on vacation, so I can't, like, dip out at all. And they're like, oh, it's fine, just leave your back door unlocked. I was like, all right, well, I mean, that's fine for you. You yeah. don't have a PS5 upstairs. <laughs> and a Blu-ray uh, of Thor The Dark World or whatever. Uh, that is true. I do have that. <laughs> I have all, the whole Marvel collection. Um, that All of that, as well as it is Charlottesville's hottest week of the summer, and I can't use my AC because it will cause the ceiling to leak more. Yeah. Now, so, I had some AC problems earlier this summer, and yeah, it's not fun. It is not fun. And you live in Georgia, which is 
theoretically hotter. I've never been. Yeah, it's pretty much same kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's all the southeast, so, even though Virginia's like trying to escape into the northeast. Yeah, it won't but, fool me. It's in the southeast. <laughs> Still counts. Uh, so that was my day. I rushed home to record this Miss Marvel podcast. Uh, and I'm running on four hours of sleep, so I'm feeling a little wacky. Well, that is um, wonderful, because that fits the kind of vibe of the show. The show's a little yes. wacky. It is a little wacky, isn't it? Um, do you have any uh, law corner, wedding corner, uh, any of your, your patented corner updates? Uh, I guess I have a wedding corner update, because uh, I'm going to be getting married on uh, July 15th, 2023. So I have a date. Oh, so you have a date. You have a date for your wedding. Yes, and it will be... and. A day you're getting married on. In 360 days or so. That's uh, actually my sister's uh, wedding uh, when she got married last year. That was her wedding day. Yeah, it's a good day. <laughs> July 15th. I will have two anniversaries to attend from, from <laughs> <Yes>. now on. <laughs> yeah. Now, you'll have um, to miss her anniversary because, you know, naturally you'll be at my wedding next year. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I won't be able to attend her anniversary. I imagine I'll trade off every year, <laughs> yeah. and then you two can have your first anniversary together. I'll leave. I'll leave you that space, yeah, uh, and then I'll go uh, bother my sister. And then, oh, anniversary too. You won't be able to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm just gonna be there. Ellie is gonna be like, "Why are you guys watching the Incredible Hulk over and over again?" Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Jordan really wanted to. Wow, this is quite a future that's happening in 2025. Yes. No, it's 2020. Oh, you're right, because you've been married for two years at that point. Yeah, yeah. I told you. My next goal, you already watched The Leftovers. We already did the 100th episode where I interviewed 100 people. And next next up, you're going to watch The Incredible Hulk again, which you vowed to never do. Hmm. We will see. <laughs> we will see. On your second... That would be the most amazing second anniversary story. What did you do on your second anniversary? <laughs> watched the 2008 Incredible Hulk. <laughs> Because of a long-running podcast obligation. <laughs> yes. That, I mean, I feel like most anniversaries, most of the best anniversaries come from outstanding podcast uh, obligation. Yeah. Would you agree? I, I have to expect that that's true. But I haven't <laughs> done a survey or anything. That's true. We would need to do a survey. Um and you already have a location for this July 15th wedding. Yeah, it will be in uh, Tennessee, in Chattanooga. Okay. Wow, very exciting. So that, that's quite a productive wedding corner. Yeah. You, you got a year year to go. Uh, any updates with the law? No, nah, the law is pretty much the same. I mean, except for the stuff that's been in the news that everyone else knows. Yes. Well, and, the law you know, with me? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The law is ever-changing in, yeah. uh, in the world. Um, but that's what Jordan's here to police. Oh, speaking of law, holy shit, better call Saul. Yes. What a fucking final season. Are you watching? Yeah, we're caught up. So oh my we're watching God. it as it happens. Whew. Those last two episodes were doozies. Yeah. No, I, it's, if it, it's so like, where can they go? Like, what is those, these last four episodes? What can they possibly be? Given I'm what's happened, sure. like the things that you I'm, would kind of thought would have been at the end have just breezed by, and now we're kind of, I don't know. Well, well, they've left the entire. They haven't touched at all this season. The whole black and white arc, right? Like his, his Cinnabon, the gene, career. the gene, yes. Arc. Um, 
And also, Walt and Jesse, the actors, have already said that they are making an appearance this season, so I assume that's coming soon. Yeah. Although, that's going to be weird to do, because already uh, Jesse Pinkman looked pretty old in El Camino. I, uh, the ages in Better Call Saul already look terrible, though, because he should be... He should have been, like, in his 30s at the beginning of the season, or series. And, yeah. you know, he's in his 50s, and that is already <laughs> a noticeable difference. I don't know. I haven't really noticed him It's a, It's it a little bit much. like the newest season of Stranger Things, where it's like, okay, these are all oh, yeah. well, young, that's, you know, adults, not teenagers. That is easier to pull off, though, because growth spurts and teenagers. Like, once you're... 30 you're kind of you just look like that except you melt a little bit like yeah. your face gets wrinkled and stuff unless you're unless you're like off. steve martin and then you pretty much look the same yeah. from 30 to 50 and you only then start at age melt. 30 yeah. and then you roll with that forever that's a pretty good Which, idea maybe i'll do that maybe next time you see me yeah. i'm gonna look 50 <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll just stay with that forever yeah that's not a bad way to go because you know, when you're... You know, and I'll be a lawyer, too, so, like, looking old will be, like, you know, give me some oh, gravitas. Definitely, definitely good for your career. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, They'll I be like, are that. you a partner? I'm like, no, I'm a first-year associate. And it's like, well, that's hard to believe. <laughs> that so looks old. like Steve Martin. Um, okay, so the law the law corner is is good. Your your law career is swinging. I'm trying to think if there's any Marvel updates. Um Oh, did you see Sony said uh, in an interview recently, uh, whoever speaks for Sony, I don't know. That Venom restarted, that Venom... Yeah, that someone was saying Top Gun brought the movie business back, and then uh, Sony was like, actually, Venom 2 kind of started that, which is just like, imagine comparing Venom 2 to Top... Have you seen Top Gun? Have we talked about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I watched it in the same day. I watched them back to back. And you watched Venom 2 and Top no, Gun? No, no, no. I watched <laughs> the original Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. I'd never seen oh, it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, okay. It's all coming back to me now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I watched Venom, and I was like, this really makes me want to stay in the theater. <laughs> so that Sony exec is right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or maybe um, I saw it in theaters and thought, wow, that was a terrible movie to see in theaters. If only there was a good one. And then I went to go see Maverick. And then you wandered on over to Top Gun. Could be. Um that's entirely possible. Uh, Marvel news. Uh, there's, I mean, She-Hulk's coming out. Black Panther is in November. Oh, uh, fun Ant-Man update. Quantumania. Mm-hmm. Um, Kang the Conqueror will have an advisor played, or the advisor is MODOK, who you're probably yes. familiar with, with yeah. by the cartoon. Yeah. And MODOK is rumored to be played by none other than Corey Stoll of House of Cards fame slash Ant Man One. Oh, oh! Interesting. The Yellow Jacket, who at the end of Ant Man One, Modoc. is going to be Modoc. Is he going to be as funny looking, or do you think they'll try to somehow make it like kind of serious? Because he doesn't seem I like believe... a comedic actor to me. No, I'm sure he'll be a little more serious. Modoc is. Kind of in, I mean, there's different iterations of him, but it's not like Deadpool where he's always wacky. He has some serious arcs and he has some Deadpool like. But like the character funny, design serious. is ridiculous. Yeah, no, he looks insane. But also in the comics too, and in the Avengers video game, uh, his face just kind of like 
War- he just gradually turns into Modok, and I imagine that's what we'll kind of get with this movie. Yeah, maybe stage just- one Modok. Yeah, his head just gets larger, essentially, but he just looks like a disfigured human kind of deal. Do you remember that um, episode of Jimmy Neutron where that happened to Sheen? Yes, I do remember that. Uh, Sheen's the OG Modok. In many ways. In many ways. More ways than one. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Corey Stoll is theoretically playing that person. Um, Man. Bill Murray is also supposed to be in Quantum Mania, which I don't know what he's doing. Hmm. That could be interesting. He'd make a good Modoc, I feel like, back in the that's day. That's what I thought originally. I thought he was going to be Modoc, And maybe that's still the case. Maybe this rumor is is bullshit. But uh, Modoc is Kang's advisor. I This movie sounds so promising because Kang the Conqueror was such a good setup at the end of Loki. I really hope Ant-Man 3 is not a disappointment. Mm. Man, uh, watching this today, not to trans- yeah. transition to Miss Marvel already, but sure. I, I mean, would say can. that WandaVision and Loki had a very different feel than the Disney Plus shows that we've gotten since then. Yes. Well, see, and I, I will 100% agree with that point. Uh, I'll add the addendum that Falcon Winter Soldier came in between those two yes. and still did not quite live up. I was literally just saying this. So I just finished my rewatch of WandaVision, mm-hmm. and I have promoted it to five stars, six out of six Avengers. That will play an integral part in Ranksgiving this year. That's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and it's just perfect. It's it's so rewatchable and i maybe i also appreciate wanda's arc more now that i've seen doctor strange right. and i kind of know where it's going um but oh man is that that and loki start to finish are truly incredible and there's not really any filler and if it is it does not last more than 5 10 minutes of an episode right now it feels like they backdoored me into watching some like more netflix marvel shows like, when I agreed I, to watch these Disney Plus shows, it was on WandaVision <laughs> and Loki coming up. And then they're like, yeah, that's what you can expect. And then, you know, Captain Winter Soldier came out. I'm like, okay, yeah. And then Hawkeye, I was a little bit more back on board. And then yeah. we get to Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, which I will yes. have positive things to say about Miss Marvel. But I imagine you liked this more than Moon Knight. Um, yeah, but and, I will say it felt distinctly it. cheaper than those earlier Disney Plus shows. And let me also lay lay a truth bomb on you, a very interesting Watch out. Uh, set of data. I just looked this up the other day. Okay. Um, Disney Plus uh, shows by viewer. Oops, Marvel Disney Plus shows. Uh, apparently, because Falcon and Winter Soldier we talked about, um, like... I think could have been really good, you know, and then they were rumored to have that one uh, plot where Carly was trying to wipe out half the population with a virus. Yeah. Remember? Which would have been very fitting to the arc, and I think them cutting out that plot line. And I remember, I just rewatched that as well. I remember watching that, and the first couple episodes, I'm like, oh man, I am, this is great. This is as good as WandaVision. I'm having so much fun with this. This is classic MCU fun. And then, really, after uh, US Agent kills the guy with the shield, which is the climax of the show, I would argue, uh, it kind of, like, episode five is just them fixing the boat. And I'm like, all right, this, 
I feel like we couldn't didn't need an entire episode for this. Yeah, uh, and then the the real problem with that show is there's the villain though, like the non U.S. Yeah. agent villain. She just feels like we, she's doing we, nothing, which of course wouldn't have been the case. Yes, and I think so. Those three would have been equal, but they were not. The, uh, they ended up not being equal. Uh, so let me lay a truth bomb on you. Number of U.S. households that watched the Marvel shows. And I think you're going to be surprised by these numbers. Okay. Maybe not all of them, but some of them. Loki, 2.5 million households. Okay. That's no, that's number one. Moon Knight is tied for second with Falcon and Winter Soldier at 1.8 million views. Wow. Yeah, you wouldn't have expected Moon Knight there. Okay. So even if you don't... Even if they don't have... The seal of approval, the Jordan people stamp of approval. Uh, the world has said they want more shows like Moon Knight, and they want That's more shows like Falcon Winter Soldier. I wonder what about Moon Knight? Like, like was the marketing push just bigger? I really think it's Oscar Isaac. Oscar yeah. Isaac is such a draw. He is giving one hell of a performance. If if the rest of that show it doesn't even satisfy you, it's almost. Just fine to watch Oscar Isaac be himself, because that is truly a spectacle. Right. No, he is good, um, but... And he, he's also just a big star, like, because he he's... Yes. Uh, star Wars and Dune. For sure. And, of course, he's he a big used get, to do good big, movies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Dune was good. <laughs> Dune is great. Um, WandaVision, 1.6 million. Hawkeye, 1.5 million. And Miss Marvel, the show we are about to discuss, 775,000. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Quite a drop. And I don't know. And there's all those internet trolls that are just being stupid. They're like, this show is woke. And it's literally just focusing on a different facet of people that live lives that are different from you. Yeah. That's not really what is considered woke. And you know, and I don't know. what's frustrating is I, I go through this show and I'm thinking, like, it's, it's treating this issue, like, so... Like the the bad damage control lady is yes, like being yep. so obviously like cartoonishly racist. Yes, and and sure, I'm just yep. like, wow, you could have handled this with more nuance. But like, I guess given the audience, they literally couldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I think it's aimed at more. This is this I think is PG yeah, compared to the show. other PG thirteen. It definitely feels like more of a kid's show. I got mad Spider-Man Homecoming vibes in the first episode, which is why I thought you would really mm-hmm. like it. And, again, with half of these shows at this point, Hawkeye was different. All right, so we got we got WandaVision and Loki, our peak MCU Disney Plus shows. And then you kind of have Falcon and Winter Soldier, as well as Hawkeye, that are, like, really high highs, but it's not consistent. Yeah. And then you have Moon Knight and Miss Marvel which start off so strong in my eyes, and then it's just like, oh, it feels like we could have told this story in a much shorter amount of time. Yeah. For me, anyway. For me, just to say, well, and you need to give your review in a second, but I'm just going to say this first. Yes. Is I yes. think yep. of the things that were good about this show, I think the yep. casting is good. I think the characters yep. are endearing. I think the yep. power is interesting. It's kind of a unique yep. thing. Uh, For sure. And... I very much appreciate the different culture. That just adds a layer of, um, I don't know, interest to the show, kind of in the same way that, like, uh, Shang-Chi did. Like, where it's just, thank you yeah. for taking us to a different perspective instead sure. of just being another, you know, middle-aged yeah. white guy. 
Yes, yes, agreed. Uh, and I think, again, this started really strong, because it was also fun to see that culture. And I've heard some complaints, and these are from my friends who aren't aren't part of the trolls online, but they're, they were kind of pointing out the non-nuanced things that you just did, right. where, like, at the beginning, uh, the father's like, don't forget to point at Mecca when you pray, kind of right, deal. Like, right, right, no. It, really it, beating you over the head with it. But again, like, if you're... If you're user base you know is going to be so ignorant about it you almost got to like ease them in <laughs> yes if your user base's second favorite marvel mcu disney plus show is falcon winter soldier or moon knight yeah which are a bit more palatable i don't know see because falcon winter soldier also touched on some very compelling racial stuff that but I again really in liked. kind of the same way where it was you know it's t- I guess the if there's a problem with this kind of political commentary, it's that it takes these very complicated issues and turns them into, yeah. like, we can solve it with the power of friendship, which is a not very sure. nuanced take for, <laughs> you know, what are real problems that people are actually facing in their day-to-day life. It's yeah. like we're not just yeah. going to go rush in and surround Miss Marvel while she escapes. <laughs> yes. I... I don't, I, Falcon Winter Soldier, just his speech at the end was so good, and I just loved... Yeah, I don't know. I like a lot about that show. Yeah, but then but um, then you, you do come back to, like, you know, it's not just... We're not just one good speech away from, you know, all these things. But I, I think... Well, we I, might be. We just haven't heard it. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I the thing that I was going to say after all those positive things, though, is I just think the writing here was a little weak. Like, uh, sometimes there was, like, you were in that dramatic moment, and you're waiting yeah. for a good line, and you get an okay line. And I felt like that kind of sure. happened a okay. lot in this. But anyway, what's your review? That's fair. Um, so I'm pulling up our ranking sheet right now. Uh, this is currently, and again, this is all subject to change before it becomes official during Thanksgiving. Um, but I have this ranked at... Uh, I, I originally put it above... It kind of dropped. Like, the first episode, I think I put it up at, like, number 20 or 21 mm-hmm. out of 35. It kind of dropped to 23, and I think I still like it more than Moon Knight because the ending really stuck the landing. Right. No, that last episode um, was just, like, the fun that we've been waiting for. That they, yes. they But they put us through four and five first, which weren't totally bad, but just it wasn't, it wasn't like what episode six was. Yeah, like... I mean, and we'll we'll get into that. We'll we'll break all that down. Yeah. Um, uh, Miss Marvel, uh, I gave four out of five stars to. So to translate it, uh, that is sandwiched between Moon Knight. I'm probably actually just going to give it the same thing as Moon Knight because I think they're very equal in my eyes. Right. And they're 23 and 24 out of 35. So that's really not that bad and i think both of them will get much better with rewatch as we see these characters grow in the mcu yeah i would say and again i keep talking in like takeaways but i think this show even if i don't think it was great i do think i'm excited to see where this character goes i also like the fact that her family knows about her superpowers like i think that adds an interesting dynamic and i thought like especially i really like the character that played her brother or the actor that played her brother I thought he was yeah. very charismatic, and I, I want to see more of their dynamic. Though I know whenever these characters get snatched up into a bigger movie, all, yes. all of their uh, series or 
single movie cast gets pushed yep. to the side. It's kind of like yep. Thor has a crew in his movies, and then <laughs> yeah, bye bye. And then they do not show up in the Avengers, yeah. uh, which is understandable. There's only so much screen time and so many stars. Yeah, but maybe we'll get like a nod or something whenever she's in the big one. Yeah. Did you notice the mother from the Big Sick? Oh no, I did not put that together. Same mother. She was she was equally great in this. I think she's a very great actress. Yeah. Um, I I think she played her part very well. The first episode is just so endearing. I love the family dynamic, and she's just kind of being like, the mom wants to wants her daughter to have fun, but at the same time, she doesn't want her to have too much fun. And just when the dad comes into the room at dressed up as Hulk, and he's like, "We can go together. Yeah. Like I'm the fun dad." Like that was that was great. I really loved that. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half Avengers. My Avengers at the table are Miss Marvel, welcome to the team. Uh, Carol Danvers, not to spoil anything, but we might have a little cameo at the end of this show. Um, as well as, we'll put Moon Knight there, because I want to see them hang out. That could be fun. Uh, and we will do Bruce Banner, mm-hmm. re- uh, regular Bruce Banner. As well as, um, uh, we'll do Thor. I just saw his movie. That was pretty good. Going back to the cast uh, first. Or are you done? Yeah. No, that was, that <laughs> okay. was my Good, because I was going to transition really hard. Uh, yeah. Or not transition, more go backwards. Is About this cast, okay. Is I think this would be a really excellent cast if this was just like a network, an old style network sitcom about a family. I think this cast would be excellent in that kind of role, just like a family matters or a full house, but just following this family, take the superhero stuff out of it or leave it, whatever. But sure. Uh, I don't know. Just they're very endearing. Like I like the father character a lot too. Definitely. Yep. Anyway, but these shows you never get, I think that's one of the things that irritates me a little bit about these Disney plus shows is they, are all such like short arcs you don't get yeah. too much like you like because what you were saying is like there's kind of like some softness in the middle of this where you're like oh, i wish yeah. it was tighter but on the other yep. side i wish it was almost longer so then like the meandering feels uh you know normal like we could go through some like you know, villain of the week type stories in the middle, but like you you don't have time for that in this condensed of a thing. So I don't know these six episodes are kind of, it's a weird length because it's six 40 minute episodes too. So I don't know. I I just, I I think it'd be interesting if they used this television format to actually do some more television style content rather than just doing kind of a long movie thing. And I think they will pivot to that, too, because um, she's going to show up in Captain Marvel 2, which is slated to come out a year from now, next July. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's directed by Nia DaCosta, who did the new Candyman, which I really loved. I have full faith in her to take this on. And I mm-hmm. really like Captain Marvel 1. A lot of people sleep on Captain Marvel 1. I think it's really fucking good. And it made a billion dollars, so I don't get what all the hate's coming from. Uh, but watching Miss Marvel team up with Captain Marvel and uh, also Lieutenant Trouble from WandaVision. And, right. Yeah. Uh, I can never remember her name. Um, anyway, Lieutenant Trouble is what we'll call her. Um, they're all going to team up in this movie. And I'm curious what the plot is going to be. It seems... 
like uh, we don't have really any plot details. It's just the three of them. Oh, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson will also make an appearance. So I assume, because at the end of WandaVision, Lieutenant Trouble gets called by the Skrulls to join uh, Nick Fury in his space station, mm-hmm. which is where he left off in 2019 at the end of Far From Home. It's crazy just how many arcs they have, and you have to think, like, when's the last time I saw Sam Jackson? It's right. like, 2019, he's in space. He has been there in space for three years now. <laughs> that And we don't even find out why he's in space until... Well, actually, Secret Invasion is going to come out before the Marvels, which is going to be his show. Um, interesting. Yeah, very interested to see where that goes. Um, anyway, circling back to Miss Marvel, do you want to go beat by beat, episode by episode? Yeah, and we can, I think, go relatively quick. I don't, so the first episode, yes, very strong start, so a lot of strong. homecoming vibes. So and, strong, and I love, I like the you know drawing thing. Yeah, which is the a editing throughout the whole show. The editing is also great. Uh, just yeah, it seems very animated, mm-hmm. even though it's just like a very. It felt to me like I was watching everything everywhere all at once. Mm-hmm. Like like a lot of just the way the edits happened and stuff, and I love how they text and everything. It just really, yeah, I got mad homecoming vibes, and I really, really liked that. Um, and, and you get the, like, enough high school stuff that it feels, I don't know, like, it, it has that same kind of homecoming fun where it's like, you know, there's like kind of a love triangle thing going on. Yep, yep. There's a popular girl that she aspires to be like. Yeah, there's, which kind of got ditched, right? Like, that yeah. plot line didn't really happen. Yeah, I mean, the girl comes back at the end. Yeah, but she doesn't um, really do much. Um, no, but she's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's she's present. Maybe that'll be a season two thing. Um, I, I will say the thing that puts this slightly over Moon Knight is this family's love of Bon Jovi. I felt so seen <laughs> by this show. And for the, the band in episode three to be called Brown Jovi, and they're like a wedding cover band. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. That, that scene was made for me. I really, really loved all that. Um, trying to think of other key plot points in episode one. Oh, they go to AdventureCon. That's the big, the big thing, right? Yeah. Which, again, this is where you come into some like budget cheapness stuff. Is it's like, wow, AdventureCon is very small. <laughs> well, given given how big the Avengers are within the universe where they literally save the world, <laughs> you would imagine that maybe it's just like. Hoboken New Venture Con or Adventure Con yeah, or whatever. Like a, uh, we, a branch. Yeah, it's it's kinda like city by city um kind of deal. I do like in the comics it's obviously this huge thing. And of the in the Avengers video game, the first level is playing Adventures Con and it's this fucking massive thing. Right. Yeah. I mean they make it like Comic Con basically. Yeah, exactly. Which I get the whole budget restraints. Um I wonder how much she got paid, because this is literally her first performance as an actor period huh i don't they got her by some i think they were just like looking it was a really interesting approach and i'm not 100 percent sure on this but i i believe that they were just looking for like super fans of captain marvel and that was kind of the audition process like who can fawn the most over this character and yeah. marvel and she was just like a huge marvel comic nerd and she passed the audition and they gave her the part um, yeah, and she does a great job. She kills it. She is so good at this role. I would love to see her interact with a lot of the already existing characters. I mean, Tom Holland's the main... I feel like you 
Yeah. Just because they're they're at least in universe of similar age, I guess outside of universe, he's probably what seven years older or something. But. Yeah, yeah, they're similar ages for sure. Uh, definitely. Well, he's about to be a college aged guy, and yeah. she's still a high schooler. So, so you know, kind of young aventury. Right, because I figured that's that's going to be that's a thing, right? That you've talked about them yes, doing a young. Yes, the young Avengers is a thing. I'm. Very, we're about to get, we'll probably have to do an episode for either San Diego Comic-Con, which is this upcoming week, um, I believe, or um, they're also doing a huge Marvel storyboard in September where they're going to announce a lot of upcoming stuff. Hmm. Um, of which well, maybe that'll, I was just thinking, I need to, you talking about uh, Captain Marvel makes me think I need to rewatch that because yeah. I, I haven't I haven't seen it since you know I first saw it. Oh man, it's and, great! And for Thanksgiving, there's a couple movies where I'm going to be moving stuff around. Yes, for sure. I need to actually have seen these yep. in the last five years. Yeah, maybe Incredible Hulk makes the cut. Maybe you watch. Probably that. not. That one I'm pretty confident about. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you watch that. Who's, who's to say? We'll find out. Um. I also like her costume she uses at the beginning of this. Um, it's just kind of like a Captain Marvel uh, fan costume, I believe. And then her mom makes her like a really sick one at the end of the show. Um, I also love, really love the, how the villain is the Department of Damage Control from No Way Home. Or, mm-hmm. well, yeah, they're introduced in No Way Home. And then <clears throat> they have the drones from Far From Home that were confiscated. By the DODC at the end of No Way Home. Right. Um, I really love all these interweaving plots. So really, the first episode of this is such a strong start. I love this first episode. It is one of the best... I, this is probably my favorite first episode of a Disney Plus uh, Marvel show, aside from Loki, I would say. Because hmm. WandaVision, I mean, is great because it's the Honeymooners, but... I don't, it's, you know, it, that doesn't get great until you realize what's going on. That episode oh. just left me with so many more questions. Yeah. Um, Good this, stuff, though. This, this is, oh, it's, it's the best. You should really rewatch WandaVision, because it's fantastic. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really love, I think this episode, honestly, like, if I was to just get this episode, and then I had to wait, like, if they did a weird, like, series where they did one-take ep- one episodes, kind of like how they're doing a Guardians Christmas special this year, they'll just have one hour um, hmm. of doing, you know, Star-Lord listening to rock and roll Christmas songs or whatever, um, which I think will be very cool. If I was to get, like, one of these every three months, I would be so excited for Captain Marvel's next episode. Um, hmm. And then we got part two, episode two, uh, which was good. Um, I liked it. I liked the drones at the end, and I think this is where she catches the boy falling from the building, right? Yes, it yeah. is. Okay, um, and that's the very end of this, and then he, she like kind of drops him, and he injures himself. Right. Um, so she's kind of doubting herself, but she still, you know, is the hero. Um, also, okay, so episode one and two, how are you feeling at this point in the show run? I'm enjoying it. I, again, I like the new cast members that were kind of getting introduced. I like Nakia. Yep. I think she's just another kind of interesting character to throw in that's a little bit different than the characters that we've seen so far. I don't know. I, I am still, I'm trying to, I'm scrolling back through the uh, <laughs> synopsises to yes. remember because like 
again, like we were just talking about, this feels like they don't really feel that much like episodes as much as they feel like pieces of a larger thing. Yeah, definitely. Like there's there's not always like a very distinct beginning, middle, and end to every episode where you Which, feel like you've watched a whole thing. I will say, like, back to your previous point, I feel like something Falcon and Winter Soldier did strong and maybe stronger than the rest of the shows. Actually, Hawkeye did the same thing. It's each episode was like that weekly comic strip where they're facing different challenges that don't really have to relate with the previous episode. Right. Like in Hawkeye, Yelena shows up. In uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, the Dora Milaje shows up. And they're just there for an episode. Like you see Wakanda interact with these characters and then the all those all the Wakandans leave. And I think that's what these shows will build to where they will all be like that. That's there's going to be so many characters that they will be able to fit into that universe. And right now they got to, you know, phase four, test the waters, see what characters stick, see where they fit best, who they would mesh with. Um, and I think they're just introducing a whole new world here. And I think it's a very solid start. Uh, but that being said, there is a bit of a dip in the middle mm-hmm. after the first two. Um, so th- episode three, we have, I'm kind of a little bit zoning out, but I'm also loving, I'm brought back in full swing when Brown Jovi is introduced. And I'm yeah, like, I would say the thing great. that I don't really care about during the series is okay. the clandestines. Like, I feel like I should be engaged in, like, this mystery of it or whatever, yeah. but I kind of just don't care. Like, I just figure that's going to be handled, <laughs> and yeah. it never really feels like that big of a threat. Yeah, um, I would definitely rather see the main villains be these drones, which I'm sure is very expensive. <laughs> yeah, to- I, and and I guess it, I do like that it gets her to go, and you and you get that kind of flash, you know, the flashback sequence with her great grandmother. Yeah, yeah, and all that, and I think that worked pretty well. Yeah, um, but I don't know, they're just they weren't that scary as villains to me. Like, like, especially if you think about like, a like a good recent Marvel villain, like, uh, Wanda in Dr. Strange, oh where it's boy. like, she's, she's like a, a genuinely, you're like, Oh wow. Like yeah. she can actually cause damage here. But at <laughs> yes. no point in this, are you thinking like, Oh, what bad is going to happen? It's like, nah, it's just going to get wrapped up and yeah. Doesn't seem like there's going to be consequences. Don't seem that threatening. They do seem like, a mid-tier, like, random comic run, like, you're in the middle of the run, and you're like, we need to throw a distracting villain to just, like, before she gets to the real threat. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like, which... I like the powers, like, the fight sequences are well choreographed and everything, and her powers are cool against these knives and things. Yeah. No, as... I don't know, we kind of keep repeating. It's like, this seems like a good start. Yeah. (laughs) But... Yeah, it's just not. We're not there yet, and the red daggers are kind of similar to the. Like I, I think maybe the best fight sequence in the show is when they're running around uh, Karachi. Yep, true. Uh, and they're they're fleeing from them. Like I thought that was all like a pretty good sequence, and but like I didn't like the people that were at play in it, other than Miss Marvel. I didn't care about. <laughs> yeah, I yes, I I think I get where you're coming from. But, like, episode four, they go to Pakistan, correct? Yes. Okay. And they're just kind of hanging out, and it's really just... I feel like that's probably where a lot of the budget went for this show, to film in Pakistan. Well, do you think they had to have filmed there? Or do you think they filmed in India or somewhere? I don't know. I mean, the, the... 
obviously all the the scenes of them on the streets look yeah. pretty authentic. I don't know where you would go to film that other than an actual location. Yeah. I would imagine it's somewhere over in that region. It might not be Pakistan proper. Yeah, it seems cheaper to fly people there than it is to build a set that looked like that. Yes, agreed. Um, so this episode five is when I'm kind of, like the whole flashback sequence with the grandmother, and maybe this will change on rewatch. I'm I'm not invested in that storyline. Yeah. I, well, I, I just like that it's at least like a condensed story. Like I like that uh, the episode had an arc within itself. Okay, uh, that's that's fair. I, I've been playing a game recently called Dragon Quest. Okay, um, and, humble brag. <laughs> yeah, uh, but one of the things that it does really well is, of course, you have the overarching story that the game is doing. But like every time you enter an area, it's like it'll introduce some new characters. They'll have a problem. You're you kind of control like a group of misfits or whatever. You'll help them solve that problem. And then there'll be, like, you know, a new villain introduced. And it's like a whole little narrative arc, like mm-hmm. a, a mini story. You you defeat that. You grow stronger. It has some sort of tie-in to the larger plot of the entire game. And then you move on. And I wish these Disney shows were doing something like that. Like, you know, we have yeah. an episode, and it has an entire arc, entire beginning, middle, and end. Yeah. And then we move on to the next thing. And somehow that mini adventure was part of the larger adventure, but it still felt like a whole story. And I feel like this is one of the few episodes where that actually seems kind of true. Yeah. True. But at the same time, it also takes you away from the characters that you care about yeah. while you're revisiting this flashback thing. Exactly. Which and you kind of have to reinvest in new characters. It is a little distracting from the overall. I just want to watch her blow up drones for a lot for several sequences is that so much to ask um well they're probably expensive and people would complain that that's the villain in far from home uh but you know i would want to i would watch that i would watch it uh i really oh go ahead i like the the department of damage control being in this is really strong for me i like how this organization from a previous marvel property is showing up again and doing the same harm that you knew they would Mm mm-hmm um, which, you know, they're just kind of becoming government-operated. And what started, the Department of Damage Control started when Tony Stark wanted to clean up the mess that the Avengers made in Avengers 1. And then it sort of just became uh, owned or run by the government slowly. And then Tony Stark died, lost all of his drones, uh, and a lot of chain of events. And now it seems like they're targeting mutants or superhumans and kind of just like policing them which is not what tony stark had in mind when no but it. is maybe a uh, predictable outcome yeah for sure but i like that i like i like that arc with the department of damage control yeah well um, and all this takes us to the last episode which i yep. feel like is what we've been waiting for since episode uh maybe two, two like the yes. end of episode two it feels like you could almost jump straight to episode six. Yeah. And they're, they're all, like, I, I like how they just kind of use an excuse to get to the high school because that's where it feels like this should be set. And they're like, well, yes. no one will be there. <laughs> yes. like, okay, perfect. Whatever. Who cares? We're back I, at the high school because we're teenagers. I love the whole home alone, booby trapping the high school kind of deal. That right. was yeah. so rad. That was so much. That, that's what I wanted from this show all along. Right. I just wanted... Drones and, you know, Department of Damage Control tracking them down, and the kids are just being kids and, like, outsmarting them. 
No, it felt like they delivered that script, that the script that went one, two, six. And Disney was like, we need this to be longer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, so what if in the middle she just goes to Karachi and learns about uh, the past? Her heritage. And, and that's and like, stuff. okay, sure. That's that's neat. <laughs> yeah. But it, it takes away a little bit of the the narrative. Yeah. Speed Again, or like this, I think one, two, and three, if you made a feature film and just added more money to CGI and effects and stuff, uh, I think it would be really strong overall because yeah. it's great origin. Captain Marvel shows up at the end. There's also a fun reveal. Are we ready to get to the the twist at the end or do you have anything else to say about episode six? So what you just said I thought was interesting because almost I wonder how this would have worked if there had just been like if they just in two, three episode things. Yeah. Like and you just have this high school arc. She's learning to get her powers. Yep. And she yep. becomes more confident in herself. And yeah. then like two months later, you release a different arc, and that's the one where she's like, but where did this power come from? And she goes to Pakistan. She learns about the history. And then you have that final reveal that's like, oh, I was the person who led my grandmother to, you know, during partition. Yeah. And then that's like the big climactic moment of that arc. Yes. And then it ends. Like, I feel like those stories being separate, like nesting that story within this story just makes me feel like, okay. I don't know. Like it just it, it feels like we hit the brakes on the thing that I cared about to start a whole new thing. Yeah, 100%. and I just yeah, I just feel like you could have done just separated those two, and it would have been better. Which I kind of felt about Moon Knight the same way. Like one and two are very strong, and then we kind of pivot. However, Moon Knight doesn't really come back in full swing in episode six in my eyes. Mm. Uh, it's very good and it's entertaining, and Moon Knight's yeah. I've I've said all these things about on our Moon Knight pod. Um, but this, to me, was just such a strong final episode, and I think you have a very good point, that 1, 2, and 3 might have been the original arc, and then they're like, let's just add 3. It's kind of like... Uh, or really almost 1, 2, and 6, is, or 1, 2, first half of 3 and 6. I don't know, something like that. But Well, remember like the order someone came up with like 10 years ago to watch Star Wars? You watch 4, 5, then the yes, prequels, yes. then 6. That's what this feels like. Yes, uh, which, you know, that's one way to watch them. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, you could rope that together. You could kind of make that work if you just moved around a couple things. Yeah, I mean, like, right now, that would have messed up the plot, but, like, if they had known that that was their plan, they could have fixed it. So, like, the yeah. main thing I'm thinking is is Cameron's mom needs to be yeah. dead in episode six, which wouldn't be the case if you put yeah. that high school thing as the climax to that first arc. Yes, correct. But you could just work around that. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are a couple things. Like, I'm not planning on watching them out of order, thinking it will be better. Right, but I do think I do think there was something they could have done here because these do just feel like two movies. But yeah. because it's a six episodes, you can't just put you can't just make it two sequential movies. You have to mix it to make it feel like one story. But then it just ends up being worse than if it had been two stories. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm not sure. I really buy into the Disney Plus six episode arc as a good tele- storytelling mechanism in general. Okay. Well, is maybe my problem. Would you say though that there's been more good than bad, or has it been equal, or has it been less good than bad? Because uh, Wandavision is like nine episodes. Yes, but the I think they mostly did that because the first couple were quite short compared yeah, to sure. like it, it's really a similar amount of content to most of the six episode ones. Loki is also six episodes, and that thrives. Yeah, but. And I would not. I will. I need Loki as a six-episode show. There's nothing to cut. You can't do a movie about it. 
it works so well as a six episode show. Yeah, I guess it's these these later ones. I, I agree those two are very strong, but also well, I feel like the things that make them strong is also like part of it is just they spent more and the actors were better because they were from the movies. Well, circling back to our other discussion that we keep circling back to, uh, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and Hawkeye, I think, do the narrative structure of the six-episode arc quite well, where they're At doing one... better, yeah. They're doing one thing... Yeah, I mean, it's not... They're not the best, like, MCU properties. Like, obviously, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 is going to be better content. But I think it's very strong, and this is how the six-episode show should be done you have like a whole bunch of week-to-week stuff and it's a different enemy each time maybe the last two are kind of a continuation there's a cliffhanger at five that'd be great i and i think they've done that for the most part except for these last two they didn't really do that at all (laughs) moon knight and miss marvel they did not and i get it they're introducing new characters there has to be a lot of origin stuff involved yeah which is fine Anyway, should I do my review now? Well, do you want to talk about the twist? Oh, well, you mean just the the credit scene? Well, the thing before the credit scene. I don't you might have not even picked up on it cuz you're not a Marvel nerd. Let's see. Talk talk about it and we'll see if I recognized it at all. <laughs> okay, so the end of the the end of the scene right before the post credits, uh she is maybe this is a post credit scene or it's right before the post credit scene. Because the mid-credit scene is Captain Marvel showing up. Yes. And it looks like they're switching bodies. That like, one I was able to pick up on. Yes, okay. I, <laughs> the I figured subtle, you the might. subtle inclusion of Brie Larson. <laughs> yeah, I figured you might know that one. Um, uh, Bruno, her guy in the chair, was talking about her DNA and how the bracelet... Uh, she's kind of a mutant? He used the word, there's a mutation in yes. your genes. And... The X-Men 97 cartoon music played in the background. Okay, well, yes, I did not recognize that music. <laughs> I did notice the use of the word mutation. Okay, well, the, the music really solidifies what everyone's yeah. theorizing. Um, however, the internet has now run into hysteria uh, because X-Men are born with the mutant genes. They're born mutants. And then in humans have the gene inside them, and it is awakened by an exterior factor. Like uh, a bangle. Well, in this it's a bangle, but in yeah. the comics it's a Terrigen Mist. So, and I don't know if this is like, it's not even worth getting in a fuss about, because uh, much like Ralph Boner, uh, that decoy of an X-Men appearance uh, mm-hmm. in WandaVision, I feel like it's not solidified. This is just a tease of what's to come. Right. But everyone's in hysterics like, this isn't how X-Men are made. This is how Inhumans are made. <laughs> um, and also, I wouldn't put it past Kevin Feige, if you remember that terrible uh, ABC Inhumans show with Ramsey Bolton. I do not remember such a thing. It was... Uh, so That's Black- okay, I don't need to know. <laughs> Black Bolt from WandaVision is a character in that show, and that is the actor okay. who plays Black Bolt in that show. Gotcha. So it was cool that they pulled him. Uh, from that failed attempt at a ABC show. Um, but it was like eight episodes. It came out. It immediately got canceled. It did not do well. Um, 
And basically, uh, I feel like Kevin Feige now kind of wants to distance himself from the Inhumans. So maybe if he wants to take the route where this is how X-Men show up in this universe, we'll see how it is. Hmm. Um, either way, she is the first mutant, I believe, is canon uh, in 616. And I think that's pretty exciting. I'm excited to see where it goes. And maybe, who knows, the Marvels, Captain Marvel 2, will deal with x-men and bringing them into the fold maybe that's the whole point maybe could be all right Um, so i'm gonna give this yes a four out of six wow okay so an entire rank above moon knight i think well the reason i i give it a four is i think it is like the kind of four that uh the opposite kind than thor was thor was a four because it had good parts and bad parts this is yeah. a four because it's just kind of in the middle. Yeah. Cons- it, it's more consistently no highs and lows, just plateaus. Yeah. Um, and at the table, I'll have... Uh, uh, who am I going to have here? How about Thor and Hulk? And oh, Okay, big guy. Uh Iron Man, Captain America, and <laughs> just some normal okay. Avengers. You're just the OG. Yeah. For this, for the all the all the OG white guys with this new diverse <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. X Men or, or character being added. Yeah. Uh, okay. Apparently, that is what I went with. And then I also have a question that's completely unrelated to anything. Okay. Do you think they'll ever be like within I don't know the next ten years, maybe the rest of our lives, mm-hmm. another good? Multicam sitcom. Um, so Modern Family is not multicam, right? Single no. cam. Arrested Development, single cam. Yep. I'm talking about like a Frasier, a Cheers. Yeah, that really seems... I imagine, yes, that will happen. Because eventually, kind of like WandaVision, they'll do something where it's an homage. Like, hey, remember the golden days? We're doing that. Like, I feel like then... the last time it was even attempted, like, wasn't Mulaney? I believe that was a multicam effort. Which... Which show? Mulaney. Oh, God. Yeah. The failed John Mulaney sitcom. Oh, boy. Who could forget? Apparently, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, uh, I can't think of another recent attempt. I mean, I'm sure somewhere on network television right now, there's like well, a it's so Mike weird and Molly or whatever. But it's, it's so strange because all of the network TV, it seems like a majority of the sitcoms pre-office i guess the office was kind of the first one to change the game and be and now everything's like an office yes and i think it will cycle back but all those studios had to like pivot they had to change and switch to single single cam sitcoms because that's what the people wanted like a sitcom that me and ellie watched recently was um abbott elementary and it was that same kind of like it felt like it was the office but in an elementary school it's kind of the pitch it's and like there's same. there's cameras in there, and occasionally the characters will like look at them. But yeah, I, I want it to swing back. <laughs> same with AP Bio. Like, yeah. And I feel like it's also easier to sell, I just think, it, with more and more uh, phones being, being in our hands, we have the answers to every question in the world kind of deal. Like, I imagine there's going to be a handful of actors that are like, I don't want to memorize all these lines and do a play. I want to read them, do the scene, read some more, do the scene. And there, obviously there will be your occasional Kelsey Grammer who's just like, oh, I'm very method and I want to recreate this every time. 
Um, I just so I miss think- that vibe, like that friends and, and, and like the weird sets where like, you know, you have to take a room and then kind of spread it out into three dimensions. So it like makes sense visually, but it it's so like- vis- visually like non-believable, you know, like it, every it house is like giant. You- just want to watch a play like go see a play jordan <laughs> i don't know I, I also think this is like a really cheap way to make tv shows so it seems weird that uh uh like the streaming services wouldn't want to be doing it uh i again i do think they'll come back but i mean they have fuller house on netflix there's a whole bunch of like well that's why i specified back. good <laughs> Yeah, no, that's the thing. There, it's, there it's, aren't none of them happening right now, but I, yeah. I feel like the problem is kids wouldn't watch them. Like, if you're trying to get, you know, Gen Z to watch a television show and it's yeah. a multicam sitcom, they're going to be like, what is this, Nick at Night yeah. or something? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't sure. even know if Nick at Night still exists. That might be too dated of a reference point for them. I think it is. I think you have alienated our younger audience. Oh, no, I'm old. <laughs> um. <laughs> But, I mean, Frasier's doing a reboot on Paramount+, Plus, and they're going to film that this year, so I assume that's going to stay a multi-cam sitcom. Yeah, I just want... I want a good multi-cam sitcom for uh, the gracefully aging millennial. <laughs> yeah, I, I, again, I think you'll get one. I really think it's a dying art. And it's going to be kind of like jazz. Wow. Where, like, some people still play it, but everyone's just kind of like, I would rather watch... Because like if this. you think about if you think about the multicam sitcom, it just allows the characters to react off each other so much more naturally. And like like that yeah. uh, episode well, of Frasier yeah. with the you know the one I'm talking about, the ski lodge one. That yeah. could never you could never get that same energy no. in a single cam office that's, thing. That's the magic of a play. But single cam you can do stuff that you can't do with No, yeah, they definitely both have their advantages. I think I just want to see both of them represented, and it's only one. And the reason I was thinking about this, of course, is because I think this cast would be good. <laughs> like, I just yeah. want more Miss Marvel. And then every time the Miss Marvel stuff happens, I just want her to run off screen. I want them to flash a light, and she runs off screen. And then, you know, sure. we just stay with the rest of them, and they just do funny jokes. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's enticing. I'm and they have that. misunderstandings. And then I, the misunderstandings spiral out of control. Only to be I'm resolved sorry. in the third act. I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> that the show reminded you of the hole in your heart you have for sitcoms. Yeah. <laughs> Multicam sitcoms. All right. And with that, I think that's our show. I think we did it. I think we did it. Uh, maybe, hey, maybe our first live ep will be a multicam sitcom. Oh, that sounds good. I, I love the idea of scripting a sitcom version of our podcast. <laughs> of the podcast. All right. Well, hey, that, maybe that's the 200th episode. Maybe, maybe the whole episode is just us setting up. Uh, yeah. the the podcast and then it ends yeah. with good afternoon I'm Jordan Peoples and Marvel sucks <laughs> but I assume we talk about Marvel during the, the episode yeah well I guess it's like somehow happening uh, in the like while we're setting up yeah so like organically hmm. it would have to we'll have to work out the kinks but luckily we have a we will. 100 episodes that is also so something that we would do in our eminence front era or <laughs> any band or tv or star would do like that's such an eminence front era idea no like, it is how do we how do we we inject a, a little life into our <laughs> career uh eminence front is the answer um that's exciting i look forward well, to that yeah uh thanks everyone for listening i guess we'll be back with she hulk 
uh, unless we do I Am Groot, maybe we'll do a, a, a slight uh, conversation about yeah. that before She-Hulk. Possibly. But uh, it looks like August 17th uh, is our next, or, well, Ooh, I guess. That's going to be tricky. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear you have a law school. Yeah, that'll be the second day of law school. Oh, well, that's syllabus week, baby. Yeah, that's true. That is also, we'll, we'll you know, play it by ear. Uh, it's going to be nine episodes, I believe. Um, and we can do a halfway point. We can do after we watch all of them, whatever your schedule permits kind of deal. Yeah. Well, we will see. We will have to see. We will wait and see. All right. Well, I've been Jordan Peoples and Marvel has sucked. I have been Cade Weiberg and it never does. Take us out. Take us out.